Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Have you ever wondered why relationships are so hard? Why you've never had the relationship you've always dreamed about? Whether we know it or not, our negative sexual experiences and mistakes are holding us hostage and keeping us stuck in unhealthy relationship patterns. Enter Unraveled, Pure Desire's newest women's resource, through personal stories, strategic tools, weekly self-care lessons, and so much more, Unraveled will become your guide to managing love, sex, and relationships. Visit puredesire.org unravel to pre-order and start to see how God wants to transform your relationships and redeem your story. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here with my co-host as always, Nick Stumbo. Da-na-na, na that's my new favorite. Thank you. It's a little sports center jingle there for you. Yeah, if anybody is a sports fan, I you know here's the thing: the older I get, because when you growing up as an athlete, all your friends are athletes, right? But the older that I'm getting, uh, it, that's not the case. You find like, out some people don't actually watch <laughs> Sports Center, and I'm like, what's wrong with like, you? What do you do at night? <laughs> Seriously, and they're like, oh, I live my life and have fun, and I'm like, oh, I wasted three hours watching baseball tonight last night, but uh, that was a good one. I liked that. Uh, Bob, are you? So we'll get to yeah, your I'm intro here. here in a second. Yeah, Are I'm you right a here. sports fan, Bob? Uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy sports. Um, just so you guys know, there is going to be a callback later in this podcast about watching sports. Okay, that's so, great. Yeah. That's, that's, I was just doing my best to lead into it. It's so good. <laughs> so we are sitting here with the one and only Bob Vandermeer. We like this guy and we're pumped he's with us today. Bob is a Pure Desire clinician, speaker, pastor, business guru, and beard legend. Thanks for being here, Bob. Well, hello. <laughs> I don't know if I have intros for anyone else quite like I have Thanks. for you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And they're different every time for Bob. You I always throw in something else. I am an idea guy. So this is this is fun. I get to exercise that. Mm. Uh, this episode is going to be focused on maintaining sobriety and sexual health while owning and operating a smartphone. And I use those two terms very, very intentionally. Owning and operating a smartphone. We're going to give you five purity hacks for your smartphone. Yeah, and I think this is such a valuable uh, 
podcast, I can't tell you how many people in groups, you know, it's one of the things we do early on is have people write out their, their journey. What mm-hmm. was their journey into addiction? And every story that I can think of, the advent of the smartphone in 2009 and 10, or their first smartphone is somehow part of their journey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it went to a new dimension when the access to pornography was in their pocket 24-7. Uh, so I think we've got to be wise and be honest. And that'd be my encouragement to listeners today is you might have heard this topic and thought, I don't really need that, but I'll listen anyway. But I want to just encourage all of us to have some really honest self-assessment to say, am I being wise and mature in how I use my devices in general and particularly my smartphone? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's jump in. Uh, Our first purity hack for today on the smartphone is... Uh, maybe the most common one or the big one that's out there, but I think many people um, misunderstand this one or don't use it correctly, and that is to have accountability and filtering software for your phone. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the most common ones that we will usually uh, recommend are Covenant Eyes and Accountable to You. Mm-hmm. And depending on the device you have, uh, whether it's Android or iPhone, I mean, they're going to work in a little bit different ways. Uh, but the point is, is to have something and be actively trying to find a way to make sure it works for you. If you don't have anything, then that's the first problem. If you have something, you say, well, I have this for my phone, but it doesn't work well. Well, then figure out how to make it work well. Uh, that should be your commitment for change for that week. Um, so to have something is the first step and to figure out how to make sure you're actually using it properly is the second step, which may mean actually calling covenant eyes or calling accountable to you and saying, Hey, I have this and I want to make sure I'm using it well. And, and understanding that I think a lot of us, and I can't remember someone on staff had told me this, um, probably within the first few months that I was here was the idea of when you have filtering software, sometimes that can become like a crutch that you use, that your sobriety is only dictated on your inability to access rather than um, on your actual willpower and desire to be healthy. And so I think understanding too that uh, accountability like reporting software is probably the most important where you're getting uh, detailed reports are sent to people in your either group or in your family or whatever uh, is most healthy for you. But having that in place is it, it is really more about accountability than it is keeping uh, porn from you. It's it's learning how to be a healthy person. Yeah, and that's what I was saying about a lot of people use this wrong is they just think mm-hmm. about, well, what do I need to block? How do I keep mm-hmm. away from it? And there's always a way around a block and it can trigger a desire to because it's there, you know, and that that accountability side Mm of I'm not alone on the Internet because people will know where I go. Uh, The other way I think that people use it wrong is they have only one accountability partner or their accountability partner is their spouse, Mm -hmm. which we would actually recommend against, uh, particularly your spouse being your only accountability partner, because what it does is it turns them into Uh, kind of the police officer looking over your shoulder, the parent keeping you on track, and they need the freedom to just be your spouse. And it may not be healthy for them to serve in that role. Uh, Or even having just one other friend, Mm -hmm. what we find is that it becomes too easy uh, to talk to that one friend and explain why you did it or to talk your way around what Mm -hmm. really happened. Whereas if you have at least three people or four, that sense of uh, community online really is what's so important is now I don't have to just think about explaining to Bob, my one friend, why I did that. Right. I might have to explain to three or four people. And that that becomes tiresome. And quite frankly, our brains are geared for what's easy and what we can do conveniently. And, and all of a sudden, it's inconvenient to yeah. maybe look at something that might be borderline 
because I'm going to have three phone calls to explain myself. Right. So uh, just making sure we use it well. And yeah, those companies that Bob listed, all of them have great customer service. And mm-hmm. you know what's amazing is they understand that people are going to have problems with the software and they're they're geared up to help you. I can promise you, you're not the first person to call and say, it doesn't seem to be working right on my iPhone. Because guess what? Like millions of people have iPhones and they've probably answered that question. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we use that as a smokescreen not to use it. Right. Well, it, it interfered with stuff. Yep. Well, pretty convenient to say that. Did you do the real work of trying right. to figure out how to make it work? Yeah. Because there are ways to make it work for everyone. And that may mean a different um, platform. You know, if Covenant Eyes wasn't right for you, it could be accountable to you or ever accountable work better. But do the hard work to find one that works because they've they've put a lot of time into making these things work and they can help you. Yeah. Uh, Trevor mentioned accountability versus filtering. Just to kind of give a quick uh, idea, if you don't know the difference between those two, the accountability is that you can look at whatever you want and somebody's going to get a report mm-hmm. of what you've looked at. Right. Whereas the filtering is actually filtering through what websites, like what type of content you can actually see. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about a device for your kids, please put filtering on it. Um, absolutely filter those devices, make sure that they do not have access to things. If we're talking about you for your own recovery, um, maybe filtering and accountable, you know, accountability software. But the point of accountability software is you can choose to do what you want to do, but somebody's going to find out. And that's actually a good way to, to approach life that we are not living in complete anonymity. Like there is, there are, there are people that are affected. There are people that will find out. Uh, and it's good for us to live life in that way, not thinking that we're just living in the shadows. And we'll have uh, all three, Covenant Eyes, Accountable to You, and Ever Accountable. We'll have links to them uh, in the show notes. The second, uh, the purity hack that we have for today is identify internet browsers. What do we mean here? Yeah, I think what we're looking at here is to go beyond the obvious that we might feel like, oh, you know, I've got my my Chrome browser is protected or, you know, Safari or what folks use on iPhone. I'm not an iPhone user, so we know. I'll let you guys fill that one in. We know. Uh, that there are many other apps and systems now that you can use to browse the Internet or even a portion of the Internet, you know, to browse videos or photos. And so one of the questions I'll ask people in group would be to say, if, if you were in a really low point and you wanted to act out, what comes what will pop into your mind is a place you could go to view mm-hmm. you know potentially risque material or pornography and you don't think anyone would know because that's what i find is a lot of people will have accountability apps or features but they've kind of figured out the loophole yep. and it's it's buried within an app it's yep. a browser within an app mm-hmm. and so that's where i think going back to what i said earlier we have to be really honest with ourselves to say well I know that on Twitter or I know that on Instagram, there's a way I can search for these things. And in my accountability report, it just pops up as Twitter and nothing necessarily bad shows up. And and so that's where we have to just be really frank to say, where would my brain go? Because if I know it's an option, when I get low, sooner or later, I might or probably yeah. will search out that option. Right. So just to identify that, to be honest with your group, and then make some parameters or boundaries a- around those those apps or, or choose simply not to have them on your phone at all mm-hmm. to, to see that there's a greater risk to my health than there is the value of actually having it and just get rid of those apps because it may be a very, very healthy app right. that has a dangerous feature and then it's just not worth it. Right. Yeah. And there's, and there's a lot of apps that have built-in browsers. Yeah. And so, you know, don't just assume that because, and when we did a while back when we talked about the tech action plan and podcast mm-hmm. was like the Bible app. There's a lot of people that, well, I have this because it's a good app. 
Um, and then they find out that they can actually use that app because it has a built-in browser right. to go and search the internet for porn. Yep. And so don't just assume um, that because it's a good app, like Nick said, that there isn't also um, access some way through the app to, to content that you don't want to see. Yeah, and it, and it really is even like fantasy sports. Those have browsers in them. Uh, just being really aware of that. And I think it's important in, it, with this hack not just to identify them, but to also write them down and to make a list. And maybe that's a part of uh, your three circles. Maybe that's a part of your recovery action plan. Maybe that's a part of your escape plan. Thinking through um, how to move forward with that information. Because uh, one of the things, and we'll talk about it toward the end of this, this episode with the tech action plan, there's that question of how are you already planning to find loopholes yeah. in the plan? And usually these browsers are the ones that you tend to go to. And so not just uh, identifying them and like, okay, cool, now I know. You need to actually put something in place that will help you uh, to when you get to that low point where uh, you know that that comes up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the third hack is deleting problem apps or problematic apps. What does this look like? So, Nick, you mentioned Twitter and Instagram, and those are actually two apps for me that I could not uh, be healthy on. I couldn't, I could not establish sobriety. And if it was, it was for a, a couple weeks. Um, but I couldn't definitely couldn't maintain it. And so what I found, and, and this is interesting too, uh, recently in group, uh, we were talking about this. There was another group member who was, uh, really, you know, wanting to be, uh, on Instagram and wanting to keep that app, but there's just a ton of sexual content on it. There really is. And it's one of those things where if you go searching, you're going to find it. Um, and I remember, uh, the conversation he was talking through the same scenarios I was talking through when I first thought about, maybe I should get rid of this, but I'm like, oh, I use it for work or for business, or well, I want to know what's going on with my friends. And maybe those things are true, and it's not bad that those things are true, but uh, those are the excuses that we, we really put out there so we can hold on to it, so we don't have to let it go. And so for me, I found out that if I wanted to be healthy, I had to delete these apps. And so I don't have them on my phone. You could check my phone right now. I don't have them. Uh, and it was really, really difficult for me. And there's still, um, there are still times and pockets of shame that I feel because I can't be healthy on those. And I, and I assume that everyone else can. Um, but that assumption is also wrong, that there are just so many people are unhealthy with those apps. And so really this one for me is doing what's necessary in order to be healthy, even if that means sacrifice. Yeah, I think it's coming to that point of deciding that my purity is worth it, no matter what it takes. And if we have that decision in place, those apps that could lead us astray just aren't worth whatever benefit they bring to us. And if you think about it, you know, 10 years ago, nobody had that app. Mm -mm. You did not have that app, and it didn't matter. Your right. life was okay. You were just fine. But part of what's maybe tugging at us to, oh, I've got to have it, I've got to keep it, is that feeling like, it, it's become a necessity. Mm -hmm. And we just sometimes need to take a step back and go, I or the culture around me has created that necessity, but it's not real. My life could exist just fine mm -hmm. without this. And if my purity is worth it, then I'd be better off uh, without it. So, mm -hmm. you know, even as you're saying that, Trevor, I could imagine some listeners, they're thinking, delete it. Well, I'll only use it, you know, such, such place. I'll have boundaries around it. And it, hey, if those boundaries work, that's a possibility. Yep. But if we've tried the boundaries thing, if we've tried, I only use it when I'm around people or I only use it at work and right. yet we're still having problems, you got to hit the uninstall button and yep. just decide my purity's worth it. 
I'll take you even one step further. One of the things that I've found out, and this is what I've encouraged some people to do who I've had this conversation with, is if you know that you can't be healthy on it, don't just delete the app. Actually delete your account because there's also that Mm. tether that you still have. Well, I still have the account so I can go back later. Uh, But if you delete it, then you have to go, (laughs) right, you have to go through all those steps though then to recreate that account Mm. And, and for there's, I know for me, there's a reminder in there like, okay, the reason why you don't have one is because you couldn't be healthy on it and remind yourself of that. So I think that what I would encourage you is that if you know that those things are really uh, some apps that trip you up, don't just take it off of your phone or off of your devices. Um, make sure that you actually delete the entire account. And, and look, maybe you can be healthy and use them again someday, but uh, no one actually is going to be really, really sad that you don't have an Instagram or a Twitter or a Facebook for an extended period of time. No one's going to be upset. There's enough stuff on those for them to, <laughs> to take in. Yeah. yeah, I think a practical step with this one is uh, when you're deleting apps or you're navigating you know, how to really create a healthy smartphone, um, That so say like with iPhone, you can set up, uh, an administrative password mm-hmm. so somebody can have the administrative password rights in a, in a sense to your phone to help you create a safe environment and that should be the person that then when they're doing that they also make it so that you cannot download apps mm-hmm. because otherwise that's fine you deleted it but if you can just download it again then what's the point and so something that that I that I think I we recommend would be that, okay, the person that has that password, when they put it in so that you can do whatever updating you need to do on your phone, that you literally sit next to them, you do whatever updating you need to do, and then they lock your phone back up. Because a lot of times what we'll hear is, okay, well, yeah, I deleted the app and somebody unlocked it for me so I could, you know, update some stuff. Um, But then they forgot to lock it up again. It's their fault. Yes, they forgot to lock it up again, and I acted out. So uh, one, they didn't forget to lock it up. You didn't have them do it. But two, just make it simple. You sit down with them, you do it together. And then once everything, all the updating, whatever's done, they lock it back up and make sure that you can't download anything else. Because otherwise you'll, like you said, you'll, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you'll wake up and be right. downloading and apps. Remember. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think also we've got to look at maybe some of the less obvious apps because we think about, well, YouTube, yeah, that's video searching or Instagram. But for a lot of people, messaging apps of all kinds are a problem because they've gotten into inappropriate relationships or texting conversations. And you just you need to not have messaging on your phone. Or maybe it's Facebook, the number of couples that have chosen to have a joint page because then there's that access. But there is that shared. Well, anywhere I go, my spouse goes. And that's a healthy thing because we're a couple. We're not individuals. So some things like that where you get kind of thinking outside the box to just be honest and say, what are my patterns? Where have I stumbled in the past? And how have I made sure that I don't keep going down that same path? Yeah. Uh, That was a good one, guys. Uh, And that really is, I think, an important one. But let's move on to the next one. Number four uh, tip is scheduling browsing time. Talk us through this, Bob. Yeah, I think um, so to to think of this particular activity of browsing time, I think what we're saying is that this is a like privilege and not a right. In other words, like we can do this if this is healthy. And if what we're saying is that me spending time browsing online is healthy, then I should be able to sit down and schedule it out like I do with everything else in my life that's healthy. If going for a run is healthy, then probably once a week I need to sit down and say, all right, what days can I go for a run? you know, spending time with friends is healthy, then I then I should feel confident in that and schedule it down. So if you feel like but browsing is healthy, 
then you should also be able to sit down and schedule it out. But if you sit down with your calendar and you're like, oh, this, is, this isn't this is important enough for me to put on a calendar, okay, well, then I think you've answered your question right there and you probably don't need to do it. Um, so, you know, to schedule it to say, all right, I'm, you know, when I get home, this is what I'm going to do with my spouse there or with other people there. Um, and it's going to be for this amount of time. Uh, because chances are too, that if you're married or you have kids or there's other people that are significant in your life that you've probably not been present with them because you've been online. And so even communicating to your spouse, you know, whether it's, whether it's browsing online or playing a video game or something else, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, um, implicitly to your spouse, Hey, this is really important. So this is more important than me talking to you or spending time with our kids. Um, but if, if you want this to be something that you do, then just sit down and schedule it. Tell your wife, you know what? I think playing a video game, I like doing that. So I'm going to do it, you know, 10 minutes when I get home from work and then I'm going to engage for the rest of the night. Cool. Schedule it. Yeah. And I think it's being honest to recognize where our phone has become a method of escape. And I know this has been a challenge for me because it can be just this pattern of, I don't feel like answering that email and I just escaped my phone for a couple of minutes, whether mm-hmm. it's to play a game right. or look on Facebook or just you know surf different apps. Th- that escape pattern of disengaging from difficult things ha- can become really problematic. And so it, it's what I hear Bob saying is being intentional about the use of our phone as opposed to just being tethered to it that anytime we're not you know constantly um, stimulated mentally, now we go to our phone. And I think for so many, that's just becoming the go-to. And because it's already your go-to, then when you're at a low place emotionally or relationally or physically, you're already on your go-to, your phone, but now you're going beyond where you really meant to. But it's part of because it's just so easy. Um, So that intentionality can really just change the kind of relationship we have Mm -hmm. with our smartphone. I think one of the things, and I think, Bob, it's a conversation you and I had, uh, maybe even off the air, the idea of putting your phone in another room, mm-hmm. um, keeping it uh, just in another area. Because I think that sometimes I do schedule out those times, but I still have my phone around me. And then if there's a pocket or a lull kind of in, in the interaction with my family, I'll pick it up, even though I know I didn't have that time scheduled. But I've noticed that when I have my phone in my room, when I get home from work and I just leave it there, I'm less engaged in my phone and I'm more engaged with what's going on in my house. And maybe nothing's going on. Maybe we're sitting watching TV as a family, but I'm not browsing and, and really isolating and potentially being selfish. Um, a couple weekends ago, uh, I went to the beach with my family and I just decided we got some crazy stuff going on in our lives and at church. And I just decided to shut my phone off for the day. And uh, I'm going to be honest, it was weird, but it was also really, really great. Uh, I found this this just uh, freedom to just be present. Um, and I almost felt kind of bad when I turned my phone back on. I'm like, why was that so awesome? Like, why <laughs> I feel so bad. But uh, what I found is that uh, no one died. Like, no one freaked out because they couldn't get a hold of me. One friend did call my wife because he had called me three times. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't life-threatening. What's wrong? Right. Uh, but, uh, but I just found that that really being distant, like actually physically distancing myself from it, whether it's turning it off or mm-hmm. whether it's putting it in another room, can help me uh, when I have those urges to numb out. Yeah. Yeah. I think we recommend to a lot of couples and, and people in general that when they get home, phone comes out of their pocket or out of their purse, out of the bag, whatever, and it goes to a specific place. And if they need to send a text, then they walk over there, 
Like they send a text or do what they need to do from their phone there and they put it back down and they keep engaging with their families. Uh, you can't see, but I have like a pattern worn in my jeans from my phone being in my pocket. Like it's in there enough. And I think a lot of us are like that. Yep. Uh, yep. And so uh, just to simply you know, change that pattern when we're home or when we're at work or when we're, we're when we are with other people so we can actually engage with For them. Sure. Okay, that's good stuff. Uh, So our last purity hack, uh, number five here for the smartphone, is to create a tech action plan. And I think we've done a podcast on this, but let's kind of summarize and talk again about uh, what would a tech action plan with our smartphone look like? Bob, how would you describe that? Yeah, so the tech action plan is really, um, uh, I don't know, survey uh, form uh, resource to fill out that looks at, first takes a inventory of devices that you actually have. Mm And so if you have a smartphone, that's going to be included in there. But then it's also going to ask you like what websites you go to, um, apps or websites that you use that are unhealthy, neutral, or healthy. And so it's just a a good way to kind of take an overall inventory and survey of the way you're using your technology, in this case your smartphone, uh, the role that it's played in your um, acting out, but also the role that it possibly could play in your health. Uh, and then at the end of that, it also asks you the question you guys re- referenced earlier of what lo- what loopholes do you think you can find in this? And so it's just a good way to get all this stuff down on paper, to come up with some plans, to talk about who's going to who is going to hold you accountable with this information and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, one of the things I hear from people more often now is I'm just too smart to get around all of this stuff, and I know how to get around all these things. I'm just too good with technology. Right. All right, that's that's awesome. Like I hope you make a lot of money off of that skill. Uh, however, um, if you're that smart with technology, then you should be able to find a way to make your technology safe. Yeah. And so just to say, you know what, don't use that as an excuse. Um, you know, so using something like the tech action plan is going to help you really just get everything out on paper and, and take a realistic look at things. Yeah. And I think on that tech action plan, part of it's asking yourself the hard questions of where am I most likely to stray? And, you know, for me, it's just looking at where do I isolate? Where would I be potentially in that feeling of, well, no one would know. And so for me, that tech action plan includes, I don't take my phone in the bedroom and I don't take my phone in the bathroom. I know others have said, you know, they don't take out their phone in the car is as silly as that seems because it's dangerous in the car, but there is a real sense of isolation there that I could go places and no one would need to see. Um, So the tech action plan just says, I don't, I don't take my phone in those places. And that can help us, um, you know, manage some of those temptations that might pop up in those places because we just, we don't do it. And so being smart about where, not just when, but where am I, uh, am I likely to face temptation and then make that part of your plan, communicate it to your groups, communicate it to your spouse. And, uh, I think you'll be able to avoid a lot of those danger zones. I think one of the things for me is that if I actually make a plan, I put something in writing and I actually put something in place, I feel a sense or a motivation to uphold that or to keep that. Where if I don't have a plan, I can just idly go by doing everyday life. And so I think that even just practically putting together an actual plan of how I want to use my phone uh, is really, really helpful. And I know that it almost sounds dumb. It's like, what's my phone? It's there for whatever I need when I need it. Um, But putting a plan in place, I think will really help a lot of people. Yeah, I think one of the positive things out of that plan, too, is that it helps you to look at the way that you can use your phone and your technology for your health. Because uh, yeah. ultimately, like everything, you know, our goal at Pure Desire isn't that you stop acting out or that you heal from your betrayal. It's mm-hmm. so that you can move past that and be healthy. Yep. And so even using a smartphone, you know, we don't want to just say, how can we make this um, so that you can't act out? We also want to say, how can you use this for your health? 
as a part of the tech action plan, ask some questions. Okay, what are some healthy apps? What are some ways that you can use this for your recovery? And so to to think that way, okay, you know, actually, what are things that I can use this phone for to connect with other people, to stay healthy, to do things that are um, ultimately moving towards my health Mm -hmm. as opposed to just stopping some unwanted behavior? Yeah, it's good. Well, uh, lucky you, listener, we actually have a bonus tip for you. Heyo, heyo. Uh, the bonus tip is get rid of your smartphone. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and some of our listeners may have just taken a deep breath like, what? But I, I think it goes back to something I said earlier in this episode, and that's your purity is worth it. Yep. And particularly if you're early on in your journey and you've maybe taken some of these steps already and still find that your smartphone is a huge problem for you, it's time to get more ruthless with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because quite frankly, the accessibility or the availability of internet anywhere, anytime, any place is quite frankly, if, if we've struggled with addiction, it's too much for us. And so just to share personally, you know, I went five years without a smartphone in a time when everyone was getting the newest, greatest, you know, is, is in that time the iPhone came out. It was like, I was still pulling out a flip phone and people would laugh. You're still alive too. And yeah, I survived it. But, you know, I look back and say, do you know how many times I relapsed because of my phone in those five years? Zero. Goose you know how many yeah. times I looked at inappropriate content on my phone? Zero. Because I couldn't. Now, we've talked in a lot of episodes that, you know, sheer avoidance isn't the same as health. Sure. So we don't want that to be your plan for how you're going to be healthy. But if you're in the beginning stages of your journey or at a time when just you've tried a lot of these things and you're still stumbling, it's time to say, I need purity more than I need this phone. And it's, as mm-hmm. we've said in our you know events, it's better to be a smart user with a dumb phone than a dumb user with a smartphone because uh, that first way is much, much less painful and it can give you this, the space. This is what it's about, is that it can give you the time and space you need to get healthy in other ways so that when you do come back to having a smartphone, you're able to use it in a way that's wise. So th- that may be a hard conversation to have with yourself, but take a long look in the mirror and say, is it time that I just need to be done with this for now so that I'm able to walk in purity? Yeah, and even if even if you've been figured out some ways to um, use your smartphone to, and you're not looking at pornography on it, we'd also want to ask some questions. Of, okay, are you using it then to just like play video games when you're at home or when you're at work? Uh, are you using it to just you know catch up on like ESPN or SportsCenter? Uh, and if you're doing that instead of being present with your family. Um, then you may still say, hey, you know what? I think a dumb phone might still be what I need. So this isn't just about pornography because the more we get into our recovery, we realize that this is about procrastination. This is about avoidance. This is about not being present. And so if your smartphone, other than pornography, is still being something that is taking you away from health and from being with the people that you really want to be present Mm -hmm. with, then, okay, we may need to say, all right, let's let's put a pause on this. And a dumb phone um, isn't the end of the world. You'll still be able to make your phone calls and do your text messages. Uh, um, But it is something that at least is a temporary, sometimes just a temporary thing to help you get to being where you want to be in health. I think one of the things we do is we grossly overestimate uh, our potential need for all the apps and all the features that a smartphone Mm -hmm. like gives us where it's like, well, if I don't have that, then I can't get it. Like, how do I know what Justin Bieber is doing today? (laughs) Right. He's not doing anything. He's married. He's not doing music anymore. Um, I don't know that from my phone. Just (laughs) want to make sure everyone knows. Uh, But like I have an app on on my phone. (laughs) I have an app on my phone that's called the score app 
and it tells me all the scores, you know, right where I need them when I want them right there. Um, but I don't always need that. If someone says, hey, do you know what the final score is of that game? And I say no, guess what? My value doesn't diminish in that moment. <laughs> like I'm not going to be on the JV team in heaven because I didn't have the score right when I needed it. So I think that we, you know, maybe like leave the the maps app, right? Like I use that quite often, maybe use that one, but you don't have to have all these things. And so getting rid of it, you're going to really, it's one of those things where you've gotten used to having access and quick access to so many different things. But if you don't have that, it's not the end of the world. And I think that we all would agree with that at the end of the day. Yeah. Next week, are we going to talk about like JV versus varsity in heaven? (laughs) We can. Is that theology? (laughs) We can. Uh, There is no JV team. Uh, Anyways. Uh, So you listener, it is 100% possible to have sexual health with a smartphone. Uh, all three of us in here right now have a smartphone and we are practicing and are living in health. Uh, it's a real thing, but it can't be done without healthy boundaries and guardrails in place. We need to protect ourselves really in a lot of ways from ourselves. We end up being our worst enemy in these areas. So we need to do whatever it takes to be healthy sexually and maintain that health. So uh, we hope that uh, these five plus one bonus tip uh, and purity hacks help you. And uh, Bob, Nick, thank you guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Pure Desire Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe, download, and share. You can also rate and review our podcast. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find the podcast. If you'd like to support the message of hope and healing and developing sexual integrity, go to puredesire.org slash give. For more information about the ministry, check out our website, puredesire.org. And you can follow us on social media, at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that's at puredesirepdmi. We'll see you next time. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.